founder of the British Blacklist, and I am here with someone I feel like I've um I've raised <laughs> from through the television. <laughs> And just very, very proud of her, like a distant auntie. We are not related, but I feel like she's my niece. And um, watching watching her grow has been amazing. So please, young lady, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are and what you do. Hi, I'm Nella Rose. I am a presenter on Catfish UK. And yeah, I'm just here living life. <laughs> is, is that the extent of your title? You do so many more things. I know. So obviously I'm a YouTuber. I'm a presenter. I'm an advocate for the plus size ladies. And yeah, that's me. <laughs> but you're also like a huge, which is, I'm putting that whole auntie pressure on you as well. A very <laughs> big inspiration to a generation of young people, especially coming through the YouTube era. I heard of you through my daughter. So um, she, I think oh, she's, wow. she used to watch you religiously when you were doing your shows for, on YouTube for uni. And, you know, there's a lot of nonsense that you young people watch. And I'm just like, oh, what is this nonsense? Turn it off, get it off. But with yours, I'm, I have, with no lie, no cap, as the kids say, genuinely really enjoyed your YouTube shows and just thought you did. Oh. And actually, one of my daughter, my one of my good friend's daughters, um, Sugar, I'm going to forget her bloody name. It's going to annoy me. I'll come back. <laughs> but she was in what she um, was in your, I think she was in your uni at the time as well. So she was sat in the background of one of your videos, um, which was quite cute. When you look back on that time, what do you, what are you most proud of? Um, it's kind of hard to pinpoint, but I'm most proud of the impact that I've managed to make. Most of it was actually accidental, if I'm being honest. Most of it was just me addressing the stuff that I go through. And it's actually managed to help a lot of people. Weirdly, because it wasn't my aim. My aim was just to share my story. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm really proud of the amount of people I've been able to touch. I feel like YouTube has helped me find my purpose in life. And I guess that's my purpose now to help people that can relate to me, really. Did you ever find it difficult because you are you were kind of living? I think I read somewhere that you after a while, you're like, you know, what, I'm not motivated to do any more of those type of videos. And people do go yeah. through that journey where it's your whole life. It's fun. It's an accident in the beginning. It then becomes, oh my God, it's amazing. Then it becomes, okay, this is a job. Then it becomes, okay, you know what? I've had enough of this now. Yeah. <laughs> Along that roller coaster, how did you, I guess, how did you manage that kind of transition where you realized that actually, where, or where, actually, let me ask, you know, when did it become less fun and less like, this is fun I'm doing with my friends? And I think that's what a lot of influencers will, or people on who become successful from something that wasn't planned. It can yeah. be a bit of a shock or pressure, I don't know, to kind of keep it going, especially when you might not want to do it anymore. I mean, it's always been fun for me. Always, yeah. always been fun for me. I feel like the only thing that's actually really changed is the pressure that I put on myself, especially with my YouTube channel. Before, back in the day, I could just make videos and just edit them roughly and just post them. But I feel like now at the stage that I've gotten to, I had to take a break because I really wanted to plan out my content and give them quality and not be lazy. And just, you know, oh, if I just do a haul where I try on clothes, I know that's going to do well. So I'm just going to do that quickly and post it. Now yeah. it's like I have to be like, OK, no, I want to get production. I want to find nice locations. I want to try different things. So it's always been fun. It's just that I've I just want to up the quality and up the content. So I decided to remove myself from the platform until I can come back with stuff that people actually really enjoy. That's not repetitive. Like, you know, the same things I've been doing over the years. I want to kind of do bigger and better things on my channel. That's like even more entertaining. 
I mean, that's that's fair. That's a really, really strong point because it is, you can get caught up in the routine of it and what's successful and what makes you either money or gets you more attention, the likes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's that bit where it becomes routine and boring and stale where mm-hmm. especially creatives that are like they've got more ambition it's like that that can be that can add added pressure um and sometimes it cause people to leave the leave the space because it's yeah what I want to do have you ever had that feeling like you know what I want to quit today it's too much no I've had thoughts about taking breaks but never quitting yeah. never ever quitting because obviously content creation to me is my passion and also like my YouTube is kind of like a diary of my life. Like, oh my God, yeah. I looked like this in 2016. Oh my God, remember we went on this holiday in 2017, just that and the other. So it's like a diary of my life. So I would never want to quit. Um, money has never been a motivation for my YouTube channel ever. So that's why I can take a long break because I don't I do not do it for the money. I do it for the, the quality of the content and stuff like that. So... Yeah, no, I've never wanted to quit. I'm actually a YouTuber at heart. Like, I'm a YouTuber at heart. I can't, like, I can't quit. <laughs> it's not in my goal. And listen, honestly, we don't want you to, because like I said, it's just been, been amazing. I think, um, and it, the, the impact, the power of you was one time, I think you and I were at a junk, I don't know if you remember, we were at a junk, I can't remember what junk it was. And I was like, oh my God, I was gassed to see you. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> and I said, please, let me just call my daughter. And you were graciously came on a FaceTime for like, my daughter was like, literally had tears in her eyes. Like, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God. He was so like, imagine meeting Michael Jackson. I don't know. It was so oh. <laughs> amazed. No, it's, uh, I mean, I mean, I can keep sending you praises, but yeah, I'm really, really uh, impressed with what you've done and how you've done it. But what was, what's the thing? What made you even think that you should put yourself on camera? Because it's not like, you know, we're, we're, we're both African heritage. It's not our parents, mm. uh, you know, like, hey, you're not going to go and do this nonsense, guys. <laughs> um, so basically, from when I was in my mom's belly, yeah, <laughs> my dad vlogged my whole life. Oh. Like he vlogged. Till this day, I have tapes from my mom being pregnant to me at my graduation because my dad just he always had a camera in his hand, like from the VHS, you know the big cameras. Of course I do, yeah. <laughs> from those cameras. And yeah, so he vlogs my whole life. So I've always been in front of the camera because of my dad. And then on top of that, in secondary school, obviously, like back in secondary school, there was no Snapchat, there was none of that stuff. Mm. So I thought, you know what? I have really bad memory. All these memories of secondary school are fading away. So what I'm going to do, my dad bought me a camera. And I said, I'm going to vlog the whole of secondary school and I'm going to make like a massive video and I'm going to sell it on results day. So that was my first vlog because I've always I've always been about creating memories and sharing the banter that I have with my friends with other people because I always think, nah, we can't be the only ones laughing like this. Mm. Like People have to laugh with us. So yeah, I feel like I've been in front of the camera and behind the camera for a long time. That's why I said like being a YouTuber is like, it's part of me. Because even if YouTube wasn't a platform, I would still... The amount of tapes I have wow. of everything and everyone, do you know what I mean? So it's always been a part of me. Because my memory is so bad. No, it's actually so terrible. I've always need to record everything anyways. So... I mean, yeah. I, I love I love that. I love, obviously, the fact that your father instilled that in you. And also, yeah. what, even though it's like an indirect way, it's something carrying on his legacy and what he's put instilled in you. I love that because parents... Sometimes what's really important for me, especially as a parent, is seeing our qualities um, or instilling some extra bits for our children to pick up on and develop exactly. and have that guidance. Did you ever speak to, like, did you, did you have those conversations about that kind of developing your content um, 
and any advice or guidance from your parents about that what you were doing yeah it was really it was really weird because obviously with us having African parents mm-hmm. um like the normal stigma is, oh, you have to go to university, you have to be a doctor, you have to be a lawyer, this, that, and the other. But it was different with my parents because my parents have always known that I was a creative. Even though I was really smart at school, yeah. I got A stars, A's, B's, even at A levels, I was getting A stars, but they knew that I was always going to do sure. something other than that. Like my mom, she would always call me like her star because she knew that, yeah, this girl's smart. She's getting all the grades, but she can, and I feel like she's going to do something else. So, for example, my first vlog, the group vlog that I done with my friends, um, when we was talking about like first year of university, my mum was showing everyone at church, like, look at what my daughter's doing on YouTube, look what my daughter's doing on YouTube. So they've always been really supportive, which which I was actually really shocked by yeah. from my mum because. I know my mom said that I have to go to uni because she didn't come all the way to the UK for me to not go to uni, innit? So I went to uni, but she always she she always saw it as a backup for me because she knew she didn't know exactly what I was gonna do, but she knew I was gonna do something outside of like the academic role. And my dad's just always been supportive. Like that man is crazy. Fam, I told bear in mind I can't sing yeah. I told my dad I wanted to be a singer. He bought me a microphone. I told my dad I wanted to be a fashion designer. He bought me a sewing machine. Like he just, any sort of avenue he saw me going down, he would always support it. So when he saw that I was going down the avenue that he really loves because he was always into like cameras and stuff like that. He was just super like supportive. Like when the uncles would come to the house, he'd put on my channel. And I was like, dad, do you know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. don't play that. <laughs> But that is, I feel like that's 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 actually beautiful and very inspiring for any parents out there that don't see the vision. Please see the vision; it's very important. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I don't want to fast through fast forward through everything, but let's kind of jump to what we're what you're um, currently got going on now, being a yes. co-presenter of Catfish UK. Can I just say something? I don't yes. like reality shows, yeah. So no, 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 they get on my nerves. They get on my nerves. I'm see, I'm old enough to know when the first Big Brother to what have watched the first Big Brother episode. So or yeah. I should say. So I remember those when reality shows were about the reality of it all, the truth of it all. Yeah. But then it started to turn into this kind of commercialized, people are doing nonsense just to get attention. So when it starts yeah. to get to that extent, I didn't like it. So I, all any type of reality show I kind of side-eye. Uh, but and so I might say all that to say I've not watched ever watched catfish but because you are a co-host oh I, will, <laughs> I will watch it i will watch episodes because of you so this is so you know you can, oh that's you can. amazing tell me what is what's the premise of the cat of catfish please so basically as you know now the majority of us are online right and you're not only are you online you're online on several different platforms and basically catfish is basically me and my co-host uber we help people that have been speaking to people online but have never met them Mm -hmm. and have never spoken to them so we basically help them to bring them together with these people that they've actually fallen in love with or built strong connections with but a lot of these connections are built off of, you know, some sort of uncertainty as to whether who you're speaking to is actually who you're speaking to. So we get all our gadgets together, we do all the investigation and stuff. And yeah, we we help them bring them closer with these people. Sometimes the people are not who they say they are, um, which gets a little hectic on the show. When you watch, you know what I'm talking about. It gets mad because some people 
are betrayed by their exes. On this season, we've had family members. It's been crazy. But we've also had circumstances where it's actually the people that they were talking to were actually the people that they were talking to. So they didn't lie. They just, you know, some people have confidence issues. Some people just yeah. don't like FaceTime. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, we're just bringing people together at the end of the day that have started relationships online and helping bring that to the real life, basically. Have you ever been catfished? Girl, hell no. <laughs> and that is why I'm the perfect co-host because it's like, I've never been that catfish. I've been catfished like on Uber Eats and stuff when they say, oh, wow. yeah, the burger's going to come looking free tears. These times my food has come at... The burger is flat. What's going on? Flat, empty, and not look like the picture. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I've been food fished before, but um, no, nah, I, I haven't. I'm that friend that everyone comes to. Like, say they're talking to someone online. Yeah, they'll send me their Instagram page. I'll investigate who's commenting. Nah, Nick, these times that I'll find out the guy has a whole baby mom. He's been lying to you. It's that, this is the thing. This is, I mean, I think I might, I don't know, I probably would watch it and shout at the screen. Like, how do you get taken <laughs> in? But when now you're, when you're seeing it behind the scenes, is like, for you and your co-host, is it like, wow, actually, though you, as an, as an audience member, you might be like, you lot are dumb. But in actually, in the, when you're looking at how people, elaborate people can get, have some, has some of it been like, okay, I get, I get how you lot got catfished or is it literally you lot are all very, very silly? It's 50, it's 50, 50. So in some circumstances, it's like, you know how sometimes it's way easier to open up to a stranger than it is to people that are close to you. So in some circumstances, they've been speaking to people and opening up about stuff that their own family members don't really know. And it's like, of course, you're going to build a strong connection with this person because this is the person that you vent to. This is the person that you confide in. And if they're telling you, that they love you back and you mean everything to them back and they're going above and beyond to make themselves look real. For example, sending you voice notes, sending you videos. Of course, you're going to believe that this person is real because nowadays catfishes are getting so smart, like to the point where I get how you've ended up in this situation. But in some cases, I feel like you see how some people like me for example (laughs) we can be a hopeless romantic and when they say love is blind that's a real thing like you could be in love with the idea of someone sometimes you can be in love with the fact that somebody even cares about you and wants to speak to you every single day so that's why sometimes people get blinded into those situations you know what I mean uh, listen, that's a drinks and conversation kind of conversation, of course. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Catfish has been going along. It just didn't have a term. It's been forever. Um, the deception. Yeah. But, but speaking of looks and, you know, being your true, honest self, again, another thing that I'm, I know you've heard many times is that being a dark-skinned woman, you said you represent the plus size, it's also refreshing and, again, inspiring to see you on mainstream platforms like with the Netflix with Catfish and all those type of things it's like you I grew up in a time again that you'd either you you were you're not black or you're super skinny you got very European features probably light skin and that's it that's the extent of black representation how does that I'm not how that's because I can imagine it's wonderful but how does it feel knowing that it's you that are fronting some of these really major projects and campaigns and tv shows and yeah, how does it even feel? I just I think it's the feeling side of things. Um, it feels very, very, very surreal simply because mm. when I was growing up, yeah, there wasn't really a lot of people that looked like me on TV that were considered to be cool, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like you had to be really slim, like you had to have some sort of plastic surgery. 
a lot of people were not dancing at all. So just for me to be even getting these opportunities just seems very surreal and I understand that like, the responsibility that I have because there's a lot of people that grow up watching me which is crazy because I'm I'm still so young yes. so yeah no I'm just grateful for the opportunity and I hope that a lot of young black girls as they're growing up they actually have someone to look up to that looks like them you know because I didn't have that 100% and I think you know you've been for your the, the usual influencer roller coaster of saying things that people have taken out of context, saying things that people may have been offended for, offended by. And it is a reminder that you are so bloody young. And do you get to enjoy being young, though? Do you? <laughs> um, yeah, of course. I, girl, I'm a party girl. Like, I see, I'm with my friends all the time. And, you know, we go on holidays, we have fun. I love a day party. Um, so, yeah, I still enjoy being young. I'm just taking every day as it comes, to be fair. That's what you need to do. Yeah. I saw... I saw um, that Cardi B had retweeted you. And I was like, wow. I was like, because I think I sent it to Ruby and the guys at Vamp. I was like, yeah. look, look um, Cardi B's retweeted Nella. And they're like, oh my God. So I was like, this is, a, that's, that's huge. But who's been your biggest kind of fan, celebrity fan that's kind of gassed you, amazed you, shocked you that they even know who you are? I think the first one would have had to be Miss Banks. Okay. I think when she messaged, I think she initially messaged me and she was like, oh my God, girl, your videos are so funny. I was like, hold the train. <laughs> hold the I was thinking, what? Like, how do you even know who I am? Like, I didn't even know that celebrities watch YouTube. So that was like my first like fan out like moment. It was just so crazy. Well, okay, that's fair. And Miss Banks is amazing as well. And that's really good. I love her. Yeah. And I love, you know, I actually love that because in my time it would have been someone big American and something, but the fact that we've got UK celebrities that are inspiring us as well is just, is, is brilliant. Yeah. The evolution of time is just amazing to watch. Um, as time is tight, I've got some quick fire questions to ask you and then I'll yes. let you go on. So getting to know you, this way we want to get into you, just, you know, from an arts perspective, have you got a favorite book that you've got to have with you wherever you go? Like wherever you move, you'll have that on your bookshelf. Oh, 48 Laws of Power oh. has to be. Okay. for yeah laws of power I feel like that book has taught me so much about just like being an adult and setting boundaries and how to get to where you need to get to and how to carry yourself in professional fields definitely that book okay give me um a song or an album that to date like kind of is a soundtrack to who you are to Nella Rose so it has to be Premier Girl by Magic Sister <laughs> okay Fair enough. I get that one. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, give me uh, a stage performance. Like, the first stage performance that you saw that had kind of like an impact on you and it could have been, you know, a concert, a play or anything that you saw on stage that was like, oh my God, that's amazing. When I saw Cardi B at the 2019 BET Awards, simply because everything that people were saying about her, that she can't rap, that she used to be... Mm you know, a dancer, this, that, and the other. And she just, she outperformed all the, the men. <laughs> it was crazy. And I, that was just very motivational for me because it just shows that you could be the underdog and still overperform everyone, you know? So you just have to believe in yourself and invest in your craft. So Cardi B's performance was really amazing for me. I like that. And give me a TV show or film that whenever it's on, you will watch it, even though you've watched it a thousand times and know the words. What Cat. Fish. I've been watching Catfish <laughs> since I was in year nine. What? So it's like, I just, yeah, I've been hooked on it. I've been hooked on it for years now. Years, years, years. And it's crazy because when I first started watching it, I had to 
be, I had to be downstairs at a specific time to watch it on MTV. But now I can just watch it on YouTube and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm gassed. And that's actually amazing. So when you got the like, hey, this opportunity's come up, were you literally backflipping? Backflipping? I was throwing up. I said, wait, <laughs> this can't be real. <laughs> I said, this can't be real. I said, wait, my favourite TV show, like, how am I going to even be on there? All this stuff. But yeah, it's been so surreal, to be honest. That's amazing. That's like prep work. So you're the perfect host. Perfect. Literally. All right. What's made you sad, mad and glad this week so far? What's made me sad is that I placed an order and it never came. I know it might sound... No, no, honestly. That's real. No, this Jubilee weekend has stopped a lot of orders being placed. (laughs) Um, Sad. What's made me mad is... Ugh, I gotta pay taxes again, girl. (laughs) And what's made me glad is all my hard work, me and Uber's hard work for the past six months. It's finally being aired tonight. So I'm just, I'm really excited about that. A little nervous, but I'm really excited. <laughs> um, girl, I think everyone's going to respond fantastically to you because you are amazing. Um, and I think we really, you know, not I think, we definitely appreciate you. I'll speak for everybody, I don't care. But yeah, no, thank you. I think just really appreciate your work, your work ethic. And I think, yeah, you're doing a good job, young lady. Appreciate you. Oh, thank you, Kia. You've been amazing. Man, I'm like, amazing girl.